Welcome to the Coming Out of the Dark Bible Study with Pastor John. Tonight's study will be in the book of Daniel. We invite you to join us at 1 Oakley Avenue in North Providence, Rhode Island. This podcast is presented to you by The Way Ministries, supported by listeners like you. For donations, live videos, podcasts, and more, please visit www.thewayministriesri.org. Thank you and have a great day. Study. I want to thank everyone for coming out tonight to get a portion of God's word. Amen. First and foremost, let's thank our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus, for giving us this beautiful day and this beautiful opportunity, Lord, to come before you and learn more about you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for saving us, giving us your spirit, and doing for us what we could never, ever do for ourselves. Eternally grateful. I'd like to thank the people of the ministry that focus on us, Lord, one body. Many parts. We're grateful for each and every one of you. Thank you very much. If you have a cell phone, please silence it so it doesn't disturb tonight's study. And we start with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, our Lord and Savior, Jesus, thank you for giving us this beautiful day, Lord, and this beautiful opportunity to gather together tonight, Lord, again. To worship, honor, and glorify you, Lord. Put your name above all names, Lord. Even our own as everyone fights to put you first in our lives, Lord. Thank you for saving us, Lord, and giving us your spirit, which is more powerful than anything else and any other force on this planet, Lord. Help us to resist the devil, Lord, by humbling ourselves, submitting to you, Lord, so the devil will flee from us, Father. Help us to live lives worthy of the call, Lord, by studying your word, practicing it here, and put it into practice in our lives, Lord, as one body in many parts. Lord, let us always represent you, Lord, with honorable lives, Lord, and the church and each other, Lord, as we all belong to each other, Lord. Let us love one another unconditionally, Lord, and I pray that you take all the bitterness, anger, and resentment out of us this, today, tonight, Lord. And fill us with your love, grace, and mercy, Lord, so we can get a crystal clear message through your word by your spirit, Lord. I pray for the people that are sick, who can't be here, or who are wayward, Lord, that you touch their lives. Bring them back to you, Lord, so they can be beacons of light like we are, Lord, in this world, Lord, so we can show people that we belong to you and no longer to the devil, Lord. And as always, let everything be led by your spirit tonight, Father, and not our flesh. And it's in Jesus' mighty name that I pray. Amen and amen. All right, Brittany's going to come up and sing. We're going to get started. Oh, 
That's a great song, right? Anytime we say no to the flesh and yes to Him, God is on the move. We know that. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. All right. How's everybody doing tonight? All right? It's good to see everybody. Four in a row, huh? Feel empowered. Hey, somebody want to light up Jesus over there for us? Let's light him up. We're going to light him up. We're going to light up his word, too. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? <laughs> Just imagine that was like buried underneath a bunch of stuff, like on a bunch of shoe boxes, like, like it was, like, it was like, like no good. There's a lot of treasures in this stretch. We find a lot, so much to uncover here. I, I, all our needs are met, that's for sure. It's awesome. All right, let's go to Second Samuel. She got us in chapter um, 22. Let's go there. See that verse 21. Let me see what that. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Let's see where we go here. Let's go to verse 17. King David's in this one singing. That's when Saul was chasing him. God was had all his protection all over him. And he knew he was God's anointed and, and King David wouldn't touch him. He knew that God, he was God's anointed one. Smart man. Verse 17. He reached down from heaven and rescued me. He drew me out of deep waters. He rescued me from my powerful enemies. From those who hated me and were too strong for me. They attacked me at a moment when I was in distress. But the Lord supported me. So we have to understand the enemy is going to attack us when we're in the, and when we're in distress or we're stressed out. He's always going to try to attack us, but the Lord will support us. He led me to a place of safety. He rescued me because he delights in me. The Lord rewarded me for doing right. You see, there's always a reward for doing right. You get that sense of peace and well-being. The Lord blesses us with that when we do the right thing. He restored me because of my innocence. For I have kept the ways of the Lord. I have not turned from my God to follow evil. All of us have a choice. We can always turn from God and follow evil. He never takes away our free will. We have a big responsibility with freedom. I have followed all his regulations. I have never abandoned his decrees. I am blameless before God. And look what he says. I have kept myself from sin. So when Jesus comes into us, he gives us the power to keep ourselves from sin. See it? The Lord, here it is again in verse 25. The Lord rewarded me for doing right. He has seen my innocence. To the faithful, you show yourself faithful. To those with integrity, you show integrity. To the pure, you show yourself pure. But to the crooked, 
you show yourself shrewd. You rescue the humble, but your eyes watch the proud and humiliate them. There it is right there. You want to be proud? You will get humiliated. O Lord, you are my lamp. The Lord lights up my darkness. In your strength, I can crush an army. With my God, I can scale any wall. God's way is perfect. See it? God's way is perfect. All the Lord's promises prove true. He is a shield for all who look to him for protection. For who is God except the Lord? Who but our God is a solid rock? God is my strong fortress and he makes my way perfect. See, the word of God will make our way perfect or he will bring us to maturity. The word of God, perfection in the Bible is maturity. So God will make us mature if we stay in his word and obey him. He makes me sure-footed as a deer. We can be confident, enabling me to stand on mountain heights. He trains my hands for battle and he strengthens my arm to draw the bronze bow. You have given me your victory, your shield of victory. Your help has made me great. I can go on and on and on, but it's all, see what he said? He's praising. King David praised the Lord constantly. He says, I've always kept your ways. I've always seeked your will. And the Lord always protected King David. It was God who protected him. He didn't protect himself from Saul. He knew God did. God kept him from getting killed from Saul. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. And we have to understand, when we trust God, and we obey God, he puts a shield of protection around us. Not only around us, but our families too. See, our, our faithfulness spreads out to our families, even if they're not following the Lord. Thank God for that. He protects our families, even if they're not following the Lord. I got one. Go to Romans 12. <laughs> Go to Romans chapter 12. I got something for us to share here. Let me get there myself. Romans chapter 12. Let me go to um, verse 14. Look at the, look what it says here. Bless those who persecute you. Now, people persecute us, and as immature Christians, we complain about it. When we get persecuted, we complain. Why is everybody, you know, beep, beep, pop? Instead of saying, bless them. Because if you're getting persecuted for righteousness, you are actually doing God's will. So you, you should understand, if you're living for God, you're going to get persecuted down here no matter what. You should accept that. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Now, you know you can't do that in the flesh. It's impossible. People talk bad about us. We, can't, we don't want to bless them. In the spirit, we can bless them. He says, bless them. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other and don't be too proud to enjoy the company 
of ordinary people. And don't think you know it all. Is there any know-it-alls out there? People think they have all the answers. You can't talk to them. You can't tell them anything. Their way is right. I know it all. If you're a Christian, God will break you. So you, you, don't, you'll, you don't know anything. Look at verse 17. It doesn't say maybe or anything else. It says, never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see that you are honorable. See it? Because the unbelieving world is watching. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say, I will take revenge I will pay them back. Now you have to understand that when somebody comes at you and persecutes you, you give it to God. He says, the scriptures say, he will take revenge and he will pay them back. So if somebody's coming at you or talking bad about you or slandering you, pray for them because God's going to protect you and he's going to go after them. Believe me, I'd rather get, I wouldn't want the wrath of God falling on me just doing the wrong thing. I will pay them back, says the Lord. Instead, if your enemies are hungry, Feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their heads. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. So as a Christian, when somebody does bad, we don't repay bad with bad. We repay evil with good. That's how you replace evil with love. Can I get an amen here? And that's only true with the Holy Spirit. Because you know it as well as I do. There's days when you don't, you're not gonna, you don't want to feed your enemies. You don't want to give them anything good. You don't want to say anything good about somebody that's talking bad about you or hates you. But a true child of God that's living in God's will will do that. Because only God can get inside someone to change their heart. So they don't do that to somebody else. So that's why you pray for them. Amen? All right. Great stuff in the Bible. It teaches us a lot. Then you, you say to yourself, boy, all the world system that I learned, I have to unlearn all that because I learned, you know, you get what you get when you do what you do. Payback is this, payback, payback, payback. We've got a lot to learn, right? We've got a lot of growing up to do. That's all right. That's where his grace and mercy comes in, right? Yeah. Keep coming to church, keep growing. Little by little, we make these baby steps into maturity and start to say, hey, you know what? God must be training me because I'm getting persecuted here. I must be getting tested right now. See, if you look at it with the right motive, say, wow, I'm getting tested. God's, God's testing me right now so I can grow right now. Here's an opportunity to grow. I'm going to go and pray for them. If you understand that God went ahead of you, he's the one that sent it. That's Your mind has to be keyed into the word of God. All right, we, we ended at verse uh, 27. We're just going to back up a little bit. Um, to verse 24 and we're going to come down and we're going to break into chapter 10 tonight. I'm going to start in verse 24. Or, or we'll go to verse 20 and bring, bring it down from Gabriel's message about the anointed one. I'm just going to read right through so it won't take us long. Just so we get the context. I went on praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people. Daniel. 
pleading with the Lord my God for Jerusalem, his holy mountain. As I was praying, Gabriel, who I had seen in the earlier vision, came swiftly to me at the time of the evening sacrifice. He explained to me, Daniel, I have come here to give you insight and understanding. The moment you began praying, a command was given. And now I am here to tell you what it was. For you are very precious to God. Listen carefully so you can understand the meaning of your vision. A period of 70 sets of seven has been decreed for your people in your holy city to finish their rebellion and put an end to their sin, to atone for their guilt, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to confirm the prophetic vision, and to anoint the most holy place. Now listen and understand. Seven sets of seven plus 62 sets of seven will pass from the time the command is given to rebuild Jerusalem until the ruler, the anointed one, comes. Jerusalem will be rebuilt with streets and strong defenses despite the perilous times. After this period of 62 sets of seven, the anointed one will be killed, appearing to have accomplished nothing, and a ruler will arise whose armies will destroy the city and the temple. The end will come with a flood, and war and its miseries are decreed from that time to the very end. The ruler will make a treaty with the people for a period of one set of seven. But after half this time, he will put an end to the sacrifices and offerings, and as a climax to all his terrible deeds, he will set up a sacrilegious object that causes de desecration. Until the fate decreed for this defiler is finally poured out on him. Right, let me just explain a couple of things here. There has been much discussion, okay, on the numbers, times, and events in these verses. And there are three basic views. The prophecy was fulfilled in the past at the desecration of the temple by Antiochus IV, Epiphanes in 168 to 167 BC. The second thing, it was fulfilled in the past at the destruction of the temple by the Roman general Titus in AD 70 when one million Jews were killed. Or it is still to be fulfilled in the future under the Antichrist, like it tells us in Matthew 24, verse 15. So they're saying that already, some people say it already happened. Some people say it's yet to come. All I know is this, instead of focusing on that, just be ready for when God does come back. Okay? If people start focusing on this and forget really why they got saved. Not to decipher this, but to become like Jesus. And trying to get into this with your intellect and trying to figure out all these times and numbers gets us into our flesh again. And it causes division in the churches and a bunch of whole a whole bunch of stuff, a lot of nonsense that really doesn't mean much. All we know is this, Jesus died on the cross and we're victorious 
over the devil already. But he's already defeated. So we understand that. But Jesus is coming back, and we know that. And when he does come back, we have to be ready for when he does. Amen? And that's what we're doing right now. Getting ready for when he does. I can get into this and study for hours and hours and hours. I wasn't there. I don't really know. All I know is this. Jesus is coming back. Daniel was one of the prophets. And these things, some of the things happened by Jesus. We know that Jesus died. And we know that there's going to be a sacrilegious object that sets itself up in the temple, which is already happening. There's people inside the pulpits preaching that don't belong there. Can I get an amen here? So it's already getting set up. There's a lot of people that went but weren't sent. And they're in the pulpits right now, scratching itchy ears, saying it's okay to sin, saying it's okay to do all these things that the Bible says it's not okay to do. And people love it because their flesh is getting gratified, saying, I'm going to heaven, I'm saved. All I got to do this, 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 and this, and I'm good. But we know from Genesis to Revelation, it does not teach that. It teaches us that we have to become like Christ, the very reason he saved us, so we can show the lost and dying world that we have a Savior. And we're, we're saved to help others get saved. Amen? But you can get all locked up in all this philosophy and all these crazy things that churches get involved in. We're not going to do that here. We're going to study it, get the best understanding we can about it, and move on. All right, let's go into chapter 10. <laughs> it's been a great study so far. I'm going to just set a little groundwork for what we're going to be into in this um, chapter 10, okay? All right. Chapter 10. I'm going to just um, sub, um, do a little summary on it before we get into it. The text says that Daniel received a message from God during the reign of King Cyrus, okay? One of the Persian kings. It spoke of a great conflict. At that time, Daniel was in mourning, eating meagerly and avoiding meat and wine, back to the vegetarian diet again. He also stopped anointing himself. While standing on the bank of the river Tigris, these things have a tendency to happen at riversides for some reason. Okay, Daniel saw a man clothed in linen and wearing a gold belt. Okay, he also has a body like beryl, a gem like mineral, and a face like lightning. His eyes are literally fiery, his arms and legs gleam like burnished bronze, and his voice sounds like a whole crowd of roaring people. The people who were with Daniel, he mentions now that were people with him, couldn't see the man, but they started to tremble and they wimp out anyway, running off and leaving Daniel alone. Daniel, of course, starts to get pale and lose his strength. Okay? He falls to the ground face first and goes into a trance when he hears this impressive-looking character start to speak, the archangel. But the angel picks Daniel up, stands him on his feet, <laughs> and tells him to listen. Daniel trembles, but the angel says he shouldn't be afraid. Because Daniel has been humble in front of God, his words have gained him a lot of press in heaven. This has caused the angel to come down and speak to him. 
The angel says that he was locked in combat with the prince of Persia, some sort of counter angel who was a cosmic warrior in favor of Persia for 21 days. The archangel Michael also helped him in waging this battle. Okay, In fact, he's one holding down the fort, so to speak, while his angel is chatting with Daniel. The angel says he's going to tell Daniel things about what's going to happen to his people during the last days now. Daniel feels speechless and turns his face toward the ground, but one in human form, the angel touches his lips, making him speak. Daniel, Dan says that he feels unworthy and too weak to be speaking with the angel. But the angel touches him and sends strength into him again. While telling him to be courageous, the angel says that he still needs to go back and fight the prince of Persia and later the prince of Greece. But first he will tell him words that are written in the book of truth. He also mentions the archangel Michael again, saying that he's the only one helping him to fight the prince of Persia, which we know is the devil. So the devil always tries to stop God's will. So we understand that they even hindered the angels for coming and making this to speak. So we understand that when we're following the Lord, the devil is always going to try to stop us. So can we, can we, the Bible says, submit to God. Resist the devil and he will flee. So we have to understand the devil's always going to try to stop us from doing God's will. Always. And how's he going to do that? With people, places, and things. Especially in our emotions. But like I was telling the guys last night, that emotions are not really emotions, they're spirits. The Bible calls them spirits because all the fruits of the spirit love, joy, peace, the spirit of peace, the spirit of love, the spirit of patience, the spirit of self-control against what? The spirit of envy, the spirit of hatred, the spirit of what? Turmoil, the spirit of what, 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 um, torment. Those are all spirits, they're not feelings. So the devil sends these tormenting spirits into us. What do we do at that time? We reject them, say no, those are not from God. I get on my knees and pray, Lord, I'm submitting to you. I'm resisting the devil and he's got to go. I am not accepting them. I am not accepting them spirits into my thought process. They're not emotions. They're spirits. So we have to understand that. <clears throat> if, they were just, if they were just emotions, where did the emotion come from? But we know that the devil sends evil spirits. So now you can say, how did that spirit get in my head while I was praying? The devil put that spirit into your mind. And the only spirits that we need to keep in our mind is the Holy Spirit, which is the love, joy, peace. Then we know what spirits are from God and what spirits are from the enemy. So then we can know what to reject and what to what? Feed off of. Can I get an amen here? Then we can understand this battle that we're in that we can't see. Has anybody watched that movie Predator? They're trying to fight this predator, but he's invisible. And he just shows up right in front of everybody and kills them. So that's what the devil does. He's a predator. He, he prowls around like a roaring lion seeking to devour someone. He wants to find the chink in the Christian's armor so he can get in. That's why it tells us to put all the armor of God on so we can risk 
The schemes and the fiery arrows of the devil. <clears throat> so now we have to understand, we have to keep teaching on spiritual warfare. Because Christians tend to think that people are attacking them instead of the devil or the spirits. Working through, see, the, a, a, a spirit needs a body to get into. So in other words, the devil's going to work through a person. Somebody that's not living for God or doing the right thing, even a Christian, the devil will come in and say, why are you listening to that preacher telling you you have to live right? The Bible says we're saved by God's grace. You don't have to do anything. You're all going to heaven. And the voices come in. And they want us to live in sin. When God says, no, come up out of that sin. So you can shine for Christ. But you'll get Christians that don't want to live right. They're going to tell you that it's legalistic to live right. But we know that's not the truth. The truth is the Bible. Tells us that we ought to live right to show the unbelieving world that we are belong to Jesus. Can't get any men here. People get misconstrued about this grace message. Grace is the power to live for Jesus. Thank you, God. All right, let's go to verse 1. So is everybody with me so far here? Let the Spirit speak. Daniel's vision of a messenger. In the third year of the reign of King Cyrus of Persia, Daniel, also known as Belteshazzar, had another vision. He understood that the vision concerned events certain to happen in the future, times of war and great hardship. All right, before we go on, let me explain that a little bit. This is Daniel's final vision, okay, 536 B.C. In it, he was given further insight into the great spiritual battle between God's people and those who want to destroy them. There is also more detailed information on the future, specifically the struggles between Ptolemies, kings of the south, and Seleucids, kings of the north, okay? Prior to this vision... Cyrus allowed the Jews to return to Jerusalem, right? But Daniel stayed in Babylonia. Why didn't Daniel return to Jerusalem? He may have been too old to make the long hazardous journey. He was over 80 at that time. His government duties could have prevented him from going. Or God may have told him to stay behind to complete the work he was called to do. So if God wanted him to go, he would have went. But obviously God wanted him to stay. So Daniel always listened to God, not to people. Verse 2. When this vision came to me, I, Daniel, had been in mourning for three whole weeks. All that time I had eaten no rich food. No meat or wine crossed my lips. And I used no fragrant lotions until those three weeks had passed. So he must have been hungry, right? Awfully tired. And he probably didn't smell very good either. Because he said he didn't put no cologne on him. <laughs> Do you know, see, you have to understand why he did that. See, when you sacrifice like that, you really want to hear from God. See, that's he was keyed into wanting to hear from God. So he mourned, he fasted, he did what he had to do. He denied himself. So we can hear from God. Can I get an amen here? That's how we hear from God. When we go to fast, 
We're denying ourselves something so we can get a revelation from the Lord. Okay? In, in, verse, in verse 3, Daniel refrained from eating certain foods and using lotions because these were signs of feasting and rejoicing. So he, it wasn't a time for that. So he said, no, I'm not going to put cologne on and feast and eat and rejoice when my people are in exile. Okay, in verse 4. Pretty close. On April 23rd, it's already, it's already April 19th, right? We're close. Think about this. We started doing this study. How did this fall? On April 23rd, or Hebrew on the 24th day of the first month of ancient Hebrew lunar calendar, this date in the book of Daniel can be cross-checked with the dates in surviving Persian records and can be related accurately to our modern calendar. So it's very accurate. This event occurred on April 23rd, 536 B.C. I was standing on the bank of the great Tigris River. I just explained that to you. I looked up and saw a man dressed in linen clothing with a belt of pure gold around his waist. His body looked like a precious gem. His face flashed like lightning and his eyes flamed like torches. His arms and feet shone like polished bronze and his voice roared like a vast multitude of people. <laughs> okay, before I go on. The man seen by Daniel was a heavenly being. Okay, it was a heavenly being. Some commentators believe that it was an appearance of Christ in Revelations 1, 13 to 15. While others think it was an archangel because he required Michael's help. In either case, Daniel caught a glimpse of the ongoing battle between good and evil and supernatural powers. Verse 7. Only I, Daniel, saw this vision. Why was Daniel the only one who saw this vision? Because Daniel was the purest one. He was so keyed in with God and living so righteously, he's the only one that could see God that clearly. You see, sin blocks our view of God and his ways. So when you're living and fasting and seeking God, doing the right thing, you will see, you'll see the vision and you'll hear from God. You have to understand the principles. It takes sacrifice and self-denial to hear from God. The men, the men with me saw nothing, but they were suddenly terrified and ran away to hide. So I was left there all alone to see this amazing vision. My strength left me. My face grew deathly pale, and I felt very weak. I would imagine anybody would feel that way if they saw that, right? Then I heard the man speak. Well, obviously it was a man, right? He said the man. I heard the man speak. And when I heard the sound of his voice, I fainted and lay there with my face to the ground. Just then, a hand touched me and lifted me, still trembling to my hands and knees. And the man said to me, Daniel, you are very precious to God. Imagine hearing, just imagine hearing that. 
You're very precious to God. So listen carefully to what I have to say to you. So he said, you're very precious to God to listen carefully. Stand up, for I have been sent to you. When he said this to me, I stood up, still trembling. Just imagine what he saw. And just imagine. Just imagine if you saw something like that in front of you. Then he said, here it is, don't be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day you began to pray for understanding, listen to what it says. Listen to what this says about his prayer. Since the first day you began to pray, what did he pray for? For understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your request has been heard in heaven. I have come in, I have come in answer to your prayer. But for 21 days, the spirit prince or the prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. So we have to understand the devil blocked his way to get him there. Then Michael, one of the archangels, the chief prince, came to help me. And I left him there with the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. So one angel helped the other angel held back the devil so he could get through. All right, now listen up before we go on. Although God sent a messenger to Daniel, a powerful spiritual being, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia detained the messenger for three weeks. Okay? Daniel faithfully continued praying and fasting, and God's messenger eventually arrived assisted by Michael the archangel. So what's the key point here? Even though Daniel was waiting and waiting and waiting, he kept what? Praying and praying and praying till it came to pass. So what's the, what's the principle? Never give up praying. Never give up fasting. Never give up cleaning yourself out to get heard from God. Listen, always look to yourself inwardly when you want a prayer to get answered, to make sure that your heart is right with God. So you're not blocking the prayers from getting answered. You have to be pure. You want God to hear, hear you? You have to be pure. You have to humble yourself and say, Lord, I'm a sinner. I fall short. I fail. I'm humbling myself before you, Lord. I beg for your mercy. Please have mercy on whoever you're praying for or whatever you're doing, Lord. And I'm going to live my life worthy of my call, Lord. Please, Lord, help me. Those are sincere prayers that we have to pray. Not these proud, lofty prayers. Lord, I go to church to answer my prayer. He doesn't have to do anything. He doesn't have to answer anything. He doesn't have to explain himself to us. He's God. He doesn't have to say anything. But if the Bible tells us if you want him to hear you, you have to humble yourself, submit to his will, and confess, and repent, and get cleaned up, and go before him. Can I get an amen here? How many of us have been praying for a long time for something to pass? I know me and my wife, every morning, we pray for the same thing every morning. Every morning. For the kids and everything to come to be, come back to church and be a family again, right? Does it ha is it happening? No, it's not yet. It's really not time. So what do I do? Do I say, well, it's been a year, we've been praying, and 
Nobody's here, so we're going to give up. No, what am I doing? I'm saying, Lord, check me. Search me. If there's something in me that's stopping this prayer from getting answered, clean it out of me. Clean it out of my wife. Whatever it might be. Humble me, Lord. Whatever it takes to get the prayer answered, Lord. That's what it takes. And then if it's His will, it'll come to pass. If it's not, then it won't. Do I stop following God because my prayer didn't get answered? No. No, it's His will, not mine. But all I know is this. I'm going to do everything in my power to live the way I'm supposed to live so it's not me that's stopping the prayer from coming to pass. So then when I can say, well, it wasn't me, Lord. I guess it wasn't in your will or it isn't your time. And get any men here. Just never give up. Now, verse 14. Oh, wait. Let me, just, let me reiterate on what I was just saying. Now, listen. Daniel faithfully continued praying and fasting, and God's messenger eventually arrived, okay? Prayer may be challenged by evil forces. Just remember that. So pray fervently and pray earnestly. Then expect God to answer at the right time. Maybe I'm just not grown up enough. Maybe I'm not mature enough for the prayer to get answered yet. Maybe it's not time. Don't get mad at God, though. That's the, the worst thing you can do is get mad at God and try to handle things yourself. Don't put expectations on God. Just stay humble and teachable. Keep following Him, reading His Word, cleaning up your life, slowly giving up the things that keep you stumbling, and follow God. Amen? Keep moving forward. In verse 14. Now I am here to explain what will happen to your people in the future. For this vision concerns a time yet to come. So obviously it's saying the time didn't come yet. A time yet to come. While he was speaking to me, I looked down at the ground, unable to say a word. Then the one who looked like a man touched my lips. And I opened my mouth and began to speak. I said to the one standing in front of me, I am filled with anguish because of the vision I have seen, my Lord. And I am very weak. How can someone like me, your servant, talk to you, my Lord? My strength is gone and I can hardly breathe. He was so humble. He said, I'm not, even, I'm not worthy to speak with you. Why, why are you letting me talk to you? I'm not worthy to talk to you. Then the one who looked like a man touched me again. And I felt my strength returning. Boy, when you let God, he will, re, he will give you the energy you need to keep going. But I don't know. My strength from working, doing this, praying, teaching, studying, I'm like, whew, it takes a lot. It takes a lot. Mental, physical. You know, my job's a very physical job. I work in the shop. And I'm always working. And then I'm always thinking, always studying, always here, always preparing. I'm like, I'm like jello. And then I look back, he's got me. And I, something, something keeps driving me on. I mean, really, if I, if I really could, I would open this up. I would be here seven days a week. 
I really would. Unfortunately, I can't do that right now. But someday, maybe. The time's going to come when we're going to want to be here seven days a week. Trust me. That's how dark it's getting out there. I can't believe what I'm starting to see. I'm hearing on the radio, seeing on the TV. It's crazy what's showing on main channels. The degradation of society is, is, is in a really, really bad spot right now. People are just doing whatever they want. And parents are letting the kids do whatever they want. Not disciplining them, not telling them it's wrong, not saying anything to them. Letting them fall first, head first into sinful stuff without saying anything. How wrong is that? How can a parent let a kid go into sinful stuff without saying something to them, telling them it's wrong? For their own good so they don't get hurt. That's what's happening in society. Nobody's telling anybody. Nobody's disciplining anybody. Kids are doing whatever they want. It's crazy. It's like a free-for-all out there. Kids are demanding things, this, that, and the other thing. And it's like, that was just giving them phones, clothes, whatever they want. All I know is this, when I was nine years old, my father gave me some papers to go deliver to, for like 10 cents. He put me to work. He says, you want something, you go to work for it. Taught me at a young age, go to work. I'm not going to give to you. A parent's job is for you to, the kids to get along without the parent. That's what you're supposed to do. Teach them. So, they can, so if something happens to you, they can go on. Amen? You shouldn't have to depend on you for the, their whole life. Okay. Let's keep going here. In verse 18, Daniel was frightened by this vision, but the messenger reassured him. Daniel lost his speech, but the messenger's touch restored it. Daniel felt weak and helpless, but the messenger's word strengthened him. God can bring us healing when we are hurt, peace when we are troubled, and strength when we are weak. Trust God to minister to you as he did to Daniel. What a big amen there. Verse 19. We're going to finish chapter 10 tonight. Don't be afraid, he said, for you are very precious to God. Peace. Be encouraged. Be strong. See that? Peace. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody waits to hear it, you know what I mean? I said, Everybody's waiting, you know. Even on the daily walk, right? When's the day gonna come when he's gonna say peace, right? Yeah, yeah. And then they're saying, Lord willing, peace. It's funny if you if you listen to the daily walk from the beginning, you see the, the growth come through the pages as we're, we're moving forward. So it's awesome. All right. And he said to him, please, and look at it, it says, for you are very precious to God, be encouraged, be strong. As he spoke these words to me, suddenly I felt stronger and said to him, please speak to me, my Lord, for you have strengthened me. So the words of God is what strengthens us. You see it? It's the words of God that strengthen us. He replied, do you know why I have come? Soon I must return to fight against the spirit. Here it is. See it? The spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. 
and after that spirit prince of the kingdom of Greece, in Hebrew of Javan, will come. Meanwhile, I will tell you what is written in the book of truth. No one helps me against these spirit princes except Michael, your spirit prince. I have been standing beside Michael to support and strengthen him since the first year of the reign of Darius the Mede. So, just like the Bible says, iron sharpens iron, the same thing with us. Our brothers and sisters stand strong for each other. When somebody's weak, we stand next to our brother and strengthen them. Unfortunately, in churches, people get torn down all the time instead of encouraged. Somebody's in a bad spot or living something, maybe they fell into sin. Instead of judging them, we need to encourage them because we all fall short into sin at times. We need to build each other up and strengthen each other for this battle. Can I get any men here? The churches have got this all wrong. They're not going to the basics of the Bible. Stop sinning or something worse is going to happen to you, Jesus told the guy after he healed him. After we get healed, stop sinning or something worse is going to happen to you. Those principles remain. Is heaven guaranteed for us? Yes. Are the consequences of sin still come? Yes, they do. Does God still love you? Yes. Just like your parents, we all love each other. But if you go, all right, so I love you. I'm going to go rob the bank tomorrow. I love Jesus. Is the consequence, am I still going to jail? Yeah, I'm still going to jail for robbing the bank. Does God still love me? Absolutely. But the choice of my actions is going to give me, is going to get, is going to, there's a consequence for it. Amen? It's the same thing in anything. All right, we're going to stop there. All right, Dave, you want to come up and close us? We'll pick up with verse 11. Fresh. Lord, thank you for this time you give us to gather together and hear your word, Lord. We're so grateful and thankful to have a church and a congregation that just so focuses on you and your word, Lord. Lord, I just pray that we humbly and patiently wait on you, Lord, while coming to you and your word each day for guidance and direction, Lord, and using and applying what we learn here in our lives each day, Lord. Psalms 27.1 tells us that the Lord is my light and salvation, so why would I be afraid? Amen. Lord, uh, through you, we have the power to resist temptation and overcome evil. Lord, I pray we put our faith in you, Lord, and stand firm against the schemes of the devil, Lord. And Lord, may we always be guided by your wisdom and uh, grace, Lord, and love others as you love us, Lord. And Lord, I just pray that we may experience your love and peace as you are uh, the only one that may give it. And Lord, may we bring hope and healing to those around us, Lord. And Lord, I just pray for anyone that might be sick, not feeling well, or may just be going through anything, that you reassure them, touch their hearts, that you'll never leave them or forsake them, and that you'll be with them always. Amen. Amen. All right. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, everybody. All right, we're going to close. We're going to watch a video.